stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with the two colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. Please pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Presentation. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. This is the Drive-In Speaker Box Podcast. It is Monday night. It is, what is this, August? August 7th, 2023. We're in a new month. Uh, I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And uh, if you've never listened to the show before, if you're just downloading this for the first time, or if maybe you clicked a link and you're staring at two two dudes in front of a bunch of movie memorabilia, you're like, what's going on? Well, we're about to talk to, to you about movies for like the next hour. Um, we've got a lot of stuff to cover this week. Um, so we, we, we can't dilly-dally. Uh, I, we, we, I saw, I personally saw a crap load of movies this week. I, I don't know about you. I saw um, uh, Talk to Me, the new A24 oh, horror film. going to be talking about that. I read about them uh, having their, their hissy fit about how they think they would have just wiped the floor with everyone if big movies weren't coming out the same damn time. Yeah, I don't know about that, but we'll we'll address that uh, a little later in the show because um, it was all right. But uh, I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Going to be talking about that later in the show, and then uh, we ran into each other at the theater, unplanned, mm-hmm. at Meg Two. We did. What is there a um? What was the what was the subcaption for Meg? The Two? trench. Okay, yeah, not electric boogaloo. Um, but okay, Meg to the Trench. We're going to be talking about that in the show as well. So three movies we've got to cover. So that's that's a lot. We'll have to keep keep the news at a at a at a at a at a, a crisp, calculated um, few minutes. So uh, can can we do that? Do you want, do you want to start with some news while I crack open a frosty? Beer? Yeah, news. Okay, here we go. Uh, in very recent news, J.K. Rowling got her dumbass kicked out of the uh, pop culture museum in Seattle for her statements, and everyone saw that one coming because uh, she's a bad. Did she got person. new statements? Nah, it's no, just, just the that they're like ones. they removed her uh, all mention of her from the Harry Potter exhibit at pop culture. Like this thing is so crucial to pop culture, and it has. The creator doesn't exist. It just appeared out of the magical ether. Yeah. Uh, it is, it, it <laughs> is pure Adabra magic. Kadabra. Yeah, it is yeah. pure magic. Uh, Oppenheimer made $552 million after this last weekend, making it the highest grossing film set during World War II ever, surpassing Nolan's other movie of Dunkirk mm-hmm. and Saving Private Ryan, which is crazy. That Oppenheimer is the biggest World War II movie ever. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda is making a new onstage musical of The Warriors. Uh, that's a big. You mean like come out and play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I wonder how much of the a movie- musical? Yeah. So we'll Warriors come out and play. Yeah. And then there's gonna be a rumble tonight. And Something like yeah. that. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I wonder how much of the movie is going to influence that. Uh, the One of the investors for Sound of Freedom got arrested for kidnapping. And it's a movie about stopping what? child trafficking. Dude, so uh, uh, lately in the news, like every other day, they're like, here's one of the investors in the credits of Sound of Freedom who has got uh, arrested for child yeah, trafficking. Yeah, asked about it, too. And, yeah. yeah, lots of people attached to this movie. Coincidentally, maybe they're like, you know what? We really need to traffic some children. What would be the best way to, like, cover our tracks? No, I invested. I invested. Yeah, yeah. you know? They're the ones buying all of the tickets to keep uh, attention off of them. Well, it didn't work. Well, it did the opposite. Way to go, guys. Uh, they announced the casting of a remake of Bride of Frankenstein movie. It's going to have Christian Bale and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal in it. I'm okay with that. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. If uh, Universal can pick up the pieces of their dark universe, I'm okay with this. Well, so I imagine Christian Bale will probably be Dr. Frankenstein, right? It would make the most sense. And is Maggie Gyllenhaal going to be the bride? It would make the most sense. So who's going to be um, Frankenstein's monster? 
I don't know, maybe Al. Jason uh, Siegel. <laughs> He's Hollywood's tall man at six. I was going to say tall. like um, Robert De Niro could do it again. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just everyone towers over Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Fire bad He's like this. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, there's a new trailer out for a movie called Dicks the Musical. Have you seen? This? I have not seen this. It's god awful. Whoa! Uh, it stars. Really? It stars such names as Megan the Stallion, oh. or Megan the Stallion, uh, and you can tell that her acting chops are not there. Not just up from to the par. trailer. Okay. Uh, and but you know who else it has in it? Nathan Lane. Okay. Damn it. And it's like, now I'm did, back. Now I'm, what did now he I'm back do on board. to get stuck in this movie? And the whole thing is about their separated identical twins who are the sons of Nathan Lane and some lady, but they're not identical at all. And Dex, you know, yeah. he like comes out there. Yeah, yeah. It's a very uh, NSFW, unsafe to watch around your family musical because everything's some sort of crude song about ding dongs and dumbasses or whatever. And, uh, they're like, you guys look exactly alike. And one dude's like four inches taller, and they have totally different noses, and they don't look a thing alike. And they're like, yeah, we're identical twins. And it's like you couldn't find a set of twins willing to sing on film. You had to hire two dudes that don't look anything alike. Uh, so I feel bad for Nathan Lane. It looks real dumb. I imagine Nathan Lane's really funny um, in it. I imagine a lot of people will go and see it because, you know. Kind of like that festival that's going on here. Oh, the if if you're in if you're a Northwest Arkansas resident what at the end it? of this month, the uh, Northwest Arkansas Testicle Festival oh. is going on, and it's uh, this year it's not child friendly because last year they did that and everyone got upset about it. Like we want more titties and booze, and everyone's yeah. like, yeah. There's so. yeah on the on the ad advertisements it's got like you know oil wrestling wet t-shirt contest topless sack racing which I'm just <laughs> like what yeah wait till you see the people that sign up for that <laughs> yeah that's that's We're gonna look Not away yeah it's like the Jeff Foxworthy it's the testicle festival spectacle it's the yeah. uh, the Jeff Foxworthy joke you know what all men want he's like I want a beer and I want to see something naked. Not that, not that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's definitely what that whole event's going to be. Uh, something people do want to watch. Did you see that they showed the design for Godzilla for Godzilla minus one? No, I did not. It looks sick. Uh, so they're giving uh, Zilla bigger and better spikes. Whoa! Like once Zilla became more like. Like radio Super Saiyan Zilla spikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, now that uh, Godzilla's battled Kong, he's like, time to beef up. So, I'm down uh, with this. Yeah. <laughs> the bigger and just more ridiculous Godzilla looks, the better because Godzilla is so cool. Uh, he's the king of the monsters. Yeah, well. I mean, that's, I mean, that's all hail the king, baby. Kong fucked him up pretty good in that last movie. Yeah, but... <laughs> That's only because he did have an axe made out of a Zilla spike, right? From like the land of the lost or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, I was going to mention this because uh, movie Albert over on our Twitch stream mentioned this. A little bit of sad news, but he was he was a pretty old guy, had a, a, a very very large um, directing uh, career. But William Friedkin got uh, William Friedkin died this this week. Um, famous for a lot of stuff to live and die in LA um, and The Exorcist which are two of my favorites but uh, French Connection also a big one that he did we're going to be doing a, an Exorcist booth um, this year at Nightmare on Block Street so I'm um, gonna gonna send my tributes there's a new exorcist movie coming out too there which, is um, with two people yeah two little girls that puke and talk about genitalia yeah i just don't know how the one girl's able to walk into the middle of like the church and just be totally unaffected i don't know how, how do demons work what's i don't know i did see work? where people are asking if it's like yabuzu or whatever the name of the demon from the first one is like is it the re the original demon the one that like has the corpse paint and is on the wall going ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Preacher. Yeah. Come good. to the testicle festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that whole thing. Uh, Equalizer three trailer came out. It did. It did. Equalizer that three. Looks that cool. looks good. A little. A little. Um. A little Denzel kicking. I mean, you know, how long? 
I mean, I guess the 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 bar is now set by Liam Neeson. Is how long can these? Well, they said it's dudes, the final one. Yeah, but I mean, how old is Denzel? I mean, he's not Liam Neeson age, but uh, there's a point where it's like, okay, guys. Yeah, but have you ever seen Man on Fire? It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is pretty have awesome. Have you seen the last two Equalizer movies? I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of Denzel movies, and he kicks some ass. Yeah. He's a cool... He's 68. See? 68 years old? I mean, I guess he could still... I mean, maybe. I, maybe. I like him. I just... The, the thing I like about Denzel's style of ass kicking is he's just, like, very smooth about it. You know? He's like, I'm just going to kick your ass, and that's just the way it's going to be. Oh, no. Vince is sick. Oh, shout-outs to our boy, uh, our Twitch mod, Vince... He is feeling under the weather, so he just popped in to say, hey, and he's going to bed. Well, uh, yeah, man, every every action movie Denzel Washington does, I'm, I like him, man. Uh, Book of Eli is pretty good. Mm, yeah. yeah, that one was good. That yeah. one of them was good, and he was like... Because the end, too, where it's just, he's like... I'm blind. Yeah, guess what, dude? Memorized. It's all right here. I can't even see. It ain't on these pages. Can't even see. Yeah. Oh, man. And he just whoops everyone, and he can't see a damn thing because Jesus or whatever. That movie took like a weird turn at the end. Yeah. Where it like turns out it's a religious movie. You're Whoa. welcome. And everyone's like, "What? Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, got him. I murdered him for the big one." Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> that see. That movie's what, badass. What other news can we can we hit up really quick? DC before? stuff. Okay, let's hit them. Uh, Gal Gadot uh, is teaming up with uh, Saffron and Gunn to continue her being Wonder Woman for the DCU. So Wonder Woman 3 will be a thing. Uh, Gal Gadot will be uh, Wonder Woman in the DCU. Which, yeah, how long can she continue to be Wonder Woman or whatever in the new DCU because um, James Gunn or whatever. But uh, uh, the chick that was in charge, the lady that was in charge, Patty Jenkins, uh, she had creative differences, stepped away. So Gal Gadot with her production company uh, and their pending big Netflix blockbuster thing or whatever, mm-hmm. she's uh, taken over duties as like the big creative or whatever. So uh, yeah, we'll get to keep her. And then Blue Beetle. Just the, the the spiraling turd going down the toilet before it even comes he's out. He's not making it. That is Blue yeah, Beetle. He's, uh, he's not doing a good job. Yeah, Sholo just keeps messing this thing putting up. Putting his foot man. in his mouth. And uh, it is currently projected to open at $17 million. Whoa. Yeah. What is... Yeah. I have not seen anything he says. It's always something stupid. Like, he, he'll come out and he'll say something and it'll upset the world. And then he'll come back and he'll say something else. And then they're like, that doesn't help you, dumb kid. Uh, and he just... He keeps messing up. Or, like, they're like, we're not going to uh, advertise this movie at all because writers and actors strike so we're just going to step away from advertising for a movie that's already made Um, and then DC accidentally um, advertised the cancelled Batgirl movie when they were meaning to advertise Blue Beetle so everyone's like oh remember when we could have gotten cool Michael Keaton stuff without Ezra Miller being in the way and um, they'll probably release that movie at some point I think I feel like it's just they're trying to turn it into an internet thing. They're like, no. okay, if we just pack it away. Oops, we leaked it. Yeah, and, and it's going to be one of those so. things. It doesn't have the same draw as Deadpool. It doesn't have like 20 years of Wizard Magazine being like, cast Ryan Reynolds, cast Ryan Reynolds, but cast it, Ryan But if Reynolds. they put it away and be like, this is the, the film that they, they told you you couldn't see. <laughs> no, because it'll always it. be like, remember that Batgirl movie that no one wanted because we didn't listen <laughs> to fans so bad. at all? Remember when we were like, hey, fans, fuck you. Well, here it is. And everyone's like, no. And they'll be like, oops. <laughs> Uh-oh. What sure are they you guys do don't want it? a Craven yeah. sequel? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what are they going to do with it? No one wanted that Batgirl movie. No one it, wanted this Craven movie. Yeah. But we're getting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Dina says they shelved it, and now they're going to Morbius it. I, I, yeah, that's what I think. I think they might just pull it. Hold, hold on to it through COVID and then dump it on you, and you'd be like... It's Morbin time. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well... <clears throat> Unless you have any like, I think that's oh, okay. It. All right. Well, we got to talk about what's coming out this this week because we got a lot of talking to do. Uh, we got two movies coming out this week. It's the time where we tell you what's coming out in theaters. 
Uh, not a whole lot of like big stuff coming out, but we've got uh, one one film from A24 that might get an expanded release called Medusa Deluxe. Uh, it's from director Thomas Hardiman. It's a murder mystery set in a competitive hairdressing contest. Uh, extravagance and excess collide as the death of a contestant sows the seed of division in a community whose passion for hair verges on obsession. So uh, it looks, it actually hmm. looks kind of visually interesting. Um, it's been getting a lot of like, you know, uh, cool reviews. It's got olive branches on the poster, which everybody likes because it means it was indie and A24 is putting it out. So, of course, everybody gets all hype when A24 is going to do something. So, uh, Medusa Deluxe coming out this weekend. Uh, also, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is a new sort of telling of the voyage of Dracula from you know, Europe to the to the U.S. Uh, in the Bram Stoker's novel, you know, the Demeter is the name of the ship, and he kills everybody on board. So, spoiler alert. Um, do you think th- everyone's going to die? I, I don't care. I'm excited to not have to see the trailer anymore. I, I just want to see this movie. Like, I love a dark, moody vampire I hope the movie. dog lives. As long as the dog lives. I think we touched on that last time. Like, the, the ship sure just... The ship crashes into the dock like uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park style, and then the dog doggy paddles to the side, and then Vamp- Dracula can run wild on all the peoples of. of what if he like the British adopts Isles? the dog as one of his hounds of hell? Would that be an acceptable one? What if it, what if he like sucks its blood out and it's like, no. and then it comes back and it's like, Ruff. no, because then it's you an know? undead dog, which means it. But was it's still, still a, it's still a good boy. It's just no. an undead good boy. No, no, the dog has to be a. The dog yeah, needs to right. be safe. And, uh, as long as as long as the dog's safe, he can make Bunicula. Well, this bun- could be a prequel to Bunicula. And it's Dogicula, puppet pup pup pupula. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you have know? you not ever read Bunicula? Of course, I've read yeah. Bunicula. No. Come on. No. Dog can't die. Horror hound, hellhound. It's just like in Lost Boys. They guard Dracula. There's hounds of hell. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Nanook! You know, whatever. Um, I want to see it. I think it's going to be fun. Did the dog turn turn bad and lost Nanook, no. Nanook saved him. Saved him from his brother. He's like, you know. Oh, because they were in the tub. You blood-sucking piece of shit! Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll Lost Boys out. It's getting close to October, so by the time September hits, we're going to just be always talking about this kind of shit, so buckle up. Um, okay, well, those are the movies that are coming out this weekend. Uh, we got that out of the way. Let's start talking about movies that we watched this week. And I figure I'll start with uh, TMNT because if you haven't, if you didn't notice them up at the top, I've got my little. Um, where's my finger? Eep, I got my little my little toys here from uh, from the theater. I uh, got the whole set there. It's the new turtles. Um, what's the, wrong with Leo's face? He's in. He's just like. Intense being Mr. Leader Boys. Yeah, why are his lips all thick and drooped down like like the plastics? I don't know. It was in my car for a while, so maybe it's uh, it's hot out here, guys. But I also thought it would be fun. Like this this movie called is called Mutant Mayhem, and it's um, an interesting interesting take because there's no Shredder, which I was refreshingly happy about. Except for the inclusion of Shredder in the in the Ninja Turtles canon is explains how like sh- Splinter, you know, knows Rokosaki. Yeah, you know, Rokosaki. He was, you know, the whole that whole thing was done very very well in the in the first live action film. Uh, this movie has no mentioning of Shredder, and in fact, the uh, Splinter teaching the turtles the art of ninjutsu is from YouTube. Right. And, and, and that I didn't like, like the only, the only big complaint I had about this movie is really centered around Splinter. Um, Splinter of course was voiced by Jackie Chan, which I thought I was going to enjoy a lot more than, than I did because they made Splinter kind of a bumbling buffoon, butt of all the jokes, he's just like, I'm old and stupid and teenagers hate their parents and the parents are dumb and just don't understand. And and then they made a character that that was really actually stupid, and there was only one scene where Splinter like actually kicks some ass, and it was very cool. I will say the animation style 
At first, I was a little bit skeptical. They're pulling a kind of into the Spider-Verse, but I think it really worked for Ninja Turtles because I'm really sick of seeing these CGI live-action hybrid. That Those two Turtle movies that were CGI live-action hybrids were terrible. Um, and for a franchise that's like how old now? I mean, it's the first movie came out in 1990. So we're... When did a cartoon come out? Oh, geez. I mean, it's been... 80-something. Yeah, late 80s. Uh, the, uh, the, the, you know, for this is an old franchise, guys. It still felt fresh, you know? And, they, and one of the things that I really appreciated is they tapped on a lot of characters that were from the OG days that never really got their time on screen. You know, they'd be tertiary characters that were either in the comics or had little episodes about them on the animated show, uh, which was cool. And I actually did a thing and went and got, I dug out all my action figures of characters that were in the movie, uh, which was kind of fun. And so they had they had Mondo Gecko in the movie, and this is the old Mondo Gecko um, figured they had uh, Leatherhead, who um, was a bad guy, but you know they they did some weird things with the bad guys, which I'll talk about in a minute. And of course, they had Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, my my Bebop is missing a hand, um, and this was voiced by Seth Rogen. He's like, "Oh, drugs? <laughs> you smoke weed?" And you know, did that. They had an odd character that I never really thought I would see on screen, which is Wingnut. But they did not include his pal Screwloose, which was just one of these like little plastic goobers. Um, they had Ray Filet, which uh, I thought was a very stupid inclusion because he was just a, a, a joke most of the time. And they had these other two. They had Genghis Frog. Uh, they didn't have any of the other punk frogs like Napoleon uh, Bonafrog, but they uh, they did have Genghis Frog or Attila the Frog. And then they had Scumbug. Um, and Scumbug, who is this guy right here, they which I, I guess really never had any story. He was just a figure. They, they were into making weird figures like this um, just to sell to, well, idiots. And they turned Scumbug into a female character, and then there was a weird, like, love interest with him and Splinter that became, like, a gross-out gag. Uh, overall, I thought the movie was, was, was really fun and paced well, and Ice Cube being um, Superfly, which was a, an experiment of Baxter Stockman's, which they included him, and it was really fun, and kind of this new sort of ooze tale... Um, really worked and I thought that modernizing it in a world where there are cell phones and there is the internet and you know despite my apprehensions going into this of having these these voice actors that really sounded very prepubescent uh, for being teenagers actually worked I wasn't mad at it as the movie went through I thought they did each each turtle got a lot of good representation uh, for the things that we like about them, you know, Michelangelo got to be the party dude. Raph had the, you know, it's like, oh, I've got rage issues and I'm pissed off at Leo all the time. And Leonardo had this whole sort of loyalty. I don't want to be a stick in the mud, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to tattle on you guys at the beginning. And everyone's like, ah, fuck you, Leo. Why do you have to tell Master Splinter we went out for pizza? Um, they did change April O'Neil. She's a teenager in high school, so she's the same age as the Turtles. Yeah, um, but she was, like, in the journalism department wanting to, to, to break out, and it worked out okay. Um, overall, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Rye Cerrone on, on Twitch says they fit their personalities without being a stereotype. Yes, and I thought that that was – I thought they did a really good job with it. Um, uh, Rye also says I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun making them actual teenagers this time. Uh, they were missing the Rat King, and well, they're they're setting up for a sequel clearly, and they did tease about the Shredder, which I was not okay with. I just like I mean, just keep Shredder out. Yeah, but it's the synonymous <coughs> villain, though. But the problem is, Shredder doesn't have much of a purpose now when he's not attached to Shred uh, uh, Splinter Foot Clan or and the Foot Clan. Yeah, they're they're calling on him like he's like a hired muscle. Um, yeah, Furious Apology, uh, Wingnut, and and Screw Loose was there. Ray Filet, yes, there was, there was uh, Ray Filet. Uh, Mondo Gecko, the the greatest character in the movie. He he was very very cool. Um, I, I overall I thought it was was a lot of fun. 
as being an old fan of the Turtles, even if, uh, you know, a new generation, I think that this was really appeal to a new generation because it had all the pacing. I mean, they must have spent an absolute ton of money on music licensing alone because the soundtrack was fantastic. Like the choices, they, they had classic hip hop, some modern hip hop. They had old like R&B and soul, which was really cool. Um, like Motown stuff going on in there. And then Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor did the score. I mean, the music in this movie is just freaking phenomenal. Um, so they're pulling a Spider-Verse with this. And unfortunately, it's not like doing gangbusters at the box office, which I think Barbie and all these other movies have a little bit to blame. But I I, I, I think that this movie um, is better than the last several Turtle offerings. Um, How far is several? Um, I mean, if we're going to go back through it. Because TMNT was sick. Uh, that was the animated one, right? Yeah, but it was a sequel to the live actions. So TMNT was, the, yeah, the 2007 one. That was what, what Raph, Raph versus Leo. They had their kind of fallen out, right? If, if, if I remember that storyline. Uh, kind of Raph goes remember. out on his own. Because that one was good. But the Ninja Turtles... I just remember going into it, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then it was like, this is actually a sequel to the stories that you already know. And I was like, well, this is amazing. Yeah, TMNT, which was 2007, that was the last good one to me. Mm. Um, I did not like the the Ninja Turtles in 2014, the Michael Bay one. I didn't like the, you know, Out of the Shadows in 2016. I thought that one... The, the, the Michael Bay ones were garbage. Um, but this one, this one was good. So I recommend it. I think people should check it out. Um, and it gave me an excuse to go dig these things out, um, which was which was kind of fun and nostalgic because they were just in a box uh, in in storage. So, um, Ray Filet, uh, which was a thing that happened in the movie a lot because he wanted to he didn't he didn't want to like fight anybody he just wanted to start a singing career Ray Filet, and it was dumb it was so dumb. How did they explain everyone else being mutated weirdos? Because they were all experiments in Baxter Stockman's lab, and uh, Superfly was the oldest of the creations. And when this company that wanted to use them as weapons, like Baxter Stockman, they, he was like, "Give us the, give us all these things, and give us the formula." And Baxter Stockman's like, "Eat my dick," and they were like, "Well, you're gonna die." And they killed him. Like the first like five minutes, there's murder. They set the building on fire, and Superfly, who was just this infant like mutant fly, sees his dad get murdered, and he's like. Uh, humans suck, and I don't like them. And he rescues all the like incubated tube mutants that he was working on, and raises them up. And that's the rest of these mutants. Wait, and so Stockman's gone, and he can't ever become the fly he dude can't be himself? Back. Yeah, the fly dude himself. So, oh. Superfly was like the son, like because he treated him like a son. And anyway, the last container of the ooze fell down into the sewer, and that created the turtles. Wasn't. So, oh, the turtles came after everyone else. They were at the kind of the same time. So, um, but they came a little bit later because the uh, the ooze had fallen into the sewer. So, that explains why Superfly is older. Some of the other mutants are a little bit older, and because uh, yeah, it got on Splinter first, and yada yada yada. So, anyway, <clears throat> I thought it was good. Um, I recommend it. It was fun. There we go. I'm looking forward to a sequel. So, um, next up. I guess, do you want to both, we'll, we'll both talk about the Meg and then wrap up with, with Talk To Me, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink some fluids. All so. right. All right, Meg 2, up yeah, next. Meg 2, The Trench, right? Um, yeah, it's the sequel to Meg, and it's exactly what you expect it to be. Uh, it opens up with Megalodons coming up into zero inches of water to eat T-Rexes, and then it just continues to be ridiculous from there uh it delivers on what it's on, supposed to be on what it told you yeah, yeah. It, I, I i'd read that apparently it's getting like just terrible reviews all over the place or uh getting like review bombed on um rotten tomatoes or but something why? yeah exactly what did you expect it is what it's supposed to be are any of the any of the reviews complaining about the fact they had to read a shitload of subtitles in this movie because no. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't, dude. It doesn't even grips horn films, man. It just didn't even bother me. Um, yeah, man. It was. It's fun. It's a fun movie. And you know what? This one did that I usually hate 
in monster movies, see Godzilla, is it dealt with people. And you're like, I'm here for the monster. Why do we care about these people? Uh, and it has like a human villains, right? The main villains in this movie, the antagonists are not the uh, massive 200 foot long sharks uh, or the the kraken or the uh, dinosaur-like critters that find their way onto land that was almost one of my com, com uh complaints the about human the villains well no how many like different creature monsters. villains there were with no sort of exposition like the kraken just was sort of like well there's a kraken and here's these dinosaur ones well it was so that they could do the thing that they did at the end of the movie but uh so even though it's a monster movie and you're there for the monsters and and the people getting bit in half and eaten in crazy ways it made the main villains of this movie people gr- people with greed and stuff like that and it didn't overshadow the monsters they actually did it okay you're like oh these people suck and then they get eaten you're like yeah that's what you get you know uh and it had dumb one-liners it had some stupid unrealistic things that happened throughout the entirety of the movie uh every turn it was like yeah if he breathes water into his nasal cavities then his face can't decompress in twenty thousand foot deep water yeah that was a little absurd where he's like i'm just essentially going to to just swim into a harsher environment than the vacuum of space but if i just go and pop my ears like i'm gonna be okay yeah so i mean there there's there science or pseudoscience or whatever it is uh still it made it where you're like okay he can do that it's plausible because they said a thing and but that's not the part that mattered because he's like oh it's gonna get bitten by a thing you know and i had fun through the whole movie i really did um it well, was, it so was exactly cl- what I wanted. Clearly, this movie was heavily funded by Chinese production studios because half the cast was was uh, Chinese and and speaking. And, and, and Jason Statham was a producer on it too. And Jason Statham was on a, was a producer. Uh, a lot of a lot of subtitles in this film. Uh, I will say that that uh, Jing Wu, who played Ju Ming in this this movie, was really fun to watch. Uh, he was fantastic, and he yeah. is a martial artist. That is, um, you know, famous for the the Wolf Warrior franchise. This time around, none of the main characters sucked, right? Like, yeah, and I mean, you had Cliff Curtis, uh, who who's you know he's always Cliff Curtis. Paige Kennedy, kind of returning as the the character DJ, with it, it had a backpack that was like a re- became a character, which was kind of funny and gaggy. But there was, you know, uh, some of the human bad guys like the Jess character and the Montez character who just showed up with an in explicable machine gun for whatever and was like ah I'm I'm salty bad guy that was well, on Well he had all the mercenary dudes that yeah. were his homeboys. There was a little bit of inexplicable um What do you mean? They totally explained all I that. I mean, yeah. It, there was just a lot I felt. Like to me there was there was a lot going well, on that I was getting kind of confused at what I'm supposed they, to follow. They explained it in the sense that two helicopters landed on the island and then all of a sudden they had a fully armed army with yeah, okay, yeah. you're right. <laughs> About that part. <laughs> it's like, what, what? And how did all, a lot of those guys, How I don't know. It's it just, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. the point of it, really. Well, and that's the thing that I had to keep telling myself through this movie is like, doesn't matter. Like, why am I here to see this movie? I'm not here to like go, oh, the cinematic masterpiece, Meg 2. I'm here to watch like a Megalodon eat some tourists, Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm like here to eventually watch a Megalodon fight a Kraken because I knew it was in the trailer. I'm like, that'll be fun. And it was okay. Um, you know, I was there to see Jason Statham and be like, oh, I guess I'm going to kill this Meg with a stick. And he did. And it's like, okay, yeah, all right. Um, So at the end of the day, you know, at the very first scene, you see a Megalodon eat a T-Rex. And it's not because, like, it had anything to do with fucking jack shit. It was like, well, we're going to jump shark and we're going to have a shark eat a T-Rex. Because, you know, ninja robot sharks. Like, the whole, like, mid-2000, like, 2015 Yeah, but style. it's also like a, like a screw you to Jurassic Park type thing, too. Mm. It's like, look at the monster movie we make. So, you know, there was... <sighs> Which this is way better than any of the Jurassic Park movies that have come out. And I can agree with that. I'm I'm not going to say this is a great movie. Is it's it better? more fun than Jurassic Park three? The or than Jurassic any Worlds. of the Jurassic Worlds? Yeah, I I cannot handle the Jurassic Worlds because are those Chris Pratt? 
Yes. Yeah, the Chris Pratt yeah, Jurassic those. Worlds. I cannot handle those because the the problem that, that those movies do that the Meg sort of gets right is that Jurassic World tries to take itself seriously and it tries to be like we're carrying on the torch of this great franchise and they're not. And then the Meg is like, you know what? Uh, Jason Statham's going to ride a jet ski into a, a mouth of a Meg. He's going to grab a helicopter blade and kill it like a bear. Like, that's what's just going to happen. And, and and it does. And you're like, what the, what? Okay, that's what I'm watching right now. And and, and it kind of delivers with that for some reason. And is this a movie you need to see in the theater? Absolutely not. Like You uh, don't think so? No. No way. I mean, it didn't have enough underwater stakes to, like, theater, like The Abyss or, or Jaws or... Or one of those things that has these really suspenseful, terrifying moments that are underwater where when you're in a theater, you, you kind of feel like you're there too. All the underwater moments in this movie, I think, kind of got hurried through to where they were back on the surface, back where it's easier to shoot, back where they can have tentacles pulling a helicopter down into the ocean, um, all that kind of stuff, where they can do a lot more physical comedy because they had guys like Jason Statham and they had guys like Jing Wu. Um, you know, being able to do lots of cool action-packed physical comedy to make the movie fun. Um, so, anyway, uh, Furious Apology said uh, that they regretted paying full price for this really? film. Really? Why? Did you go by yourself? Because that's, I feel like this is a movie that you need to kind of go with a posse. Like, I would not, like, go, huh, it's Thursday, I'm a little bored. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch Meg too. I'd want to like get a group of people together. Like I'm glad that we ran into you in the theater because hmm. it just like it made it a little more fun knowing that there was somebody else in the theater going, "What the? Pff? Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so um, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't be upset about paying full price for this ticket. You get exactly what you're. You know, you're getting. It's like, are there sharks that bite people? Yeah. Are there people that kill those sharks? Yeah. Is it dumb? Yeah. Well, and I'm quite fascinated that this movie even got made because as Baldwin Orange just said over on our Twitch stream, said the Meg to me always felt like a sci-fi original. Shark stuff is not mainstream anymore. And and that's true. Like the whole Sharknado, Shark Apocalypse, Shark, well, uh, you know, Shark Sharks week. not being mainstream. What about that movie with Blake Lively where she's stuck on the rock and yeah. then they made a sequel to that. They got 28 meters below and then they made a sequel to that. It's, uh, I mean, I, sharks just, are always going to be a thing. They just made that evil Mexico giant black shark oil rig oh, movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. What was that one called? It just came out. Evil devil black shark blood water monster guy yeah i mean there's plenty of shark movies i mean it it seems like it's kind of like mainstream because it's it's always going to be terrible maybe just because it's just so played out i don't know the one thing the the one thing i didn't like about this movie is that there was a couple of jump scares i didn't like the stupid jump scares in it like when he's jump when he's having like the hypoxia or like whatever you know, and that one thing comes like biting at him. Oh yeah, gets him in the in the helmet. No, no, no. When he's when he's when he did the 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 oh, deal. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's like flashing oh, yeah, the screen. The invisible thing. Yeah. yeah, that didn't exist. No, yeah. it did because he kills. Because it. it kills it. I yeah, know, but you couldn't see it. Right. It was silly. Yeah. So other than a couple of jump scares, I thought it was good, man. And I, I like that they didn't give too much time to the human villains. They're like, this person's bad, so they're going to die. Get ready for it. And then you watch them die. Uh, and they even do like a Jurassic Park death for one person. It does, you as know. Baldwin Orange, just like you said, it does feel like a sci-fi original. I mean, it's that's why I said like I had fun in it. It doesn't feel like a theater movie to me. It's a fun movie. Uh, the original movie I re- I actually did like in theaters. I thought it was it was, it was was good. This one, you know, again... It was exactly what I signed up for. Um, no more, no less. So, Bob Warner says, Ocean movies, the world is bigger than it was in 1970. The bad guy needs to be the ocean. Cinema Verite has moved on. <laughs> I mean... Well, so so there is a part of this where the, the bottom of the ocean and all of its dangers and stuff become part of it because it does that thing that the... Uh, oh, what's that movie with the Twilight Girl? Where those mermaids kill them? It does that whole thing. Mm. They have to journey across the bottom of the ocean in the in the pitch black, and all of its dangers are are there to kill them. 
you know, so it's not the Megalodons. In fact, the, the Megalodons, Megalodons don't become villains until halfway through the movie or later. Yeah, they're they're really just kind of there. And there's three of them. So, anyway, that's that movie. Um, it's in theaters. You can see it if, it if it's your cup of tea. Check it out. If it's not then you know you're not gonna you're not gonna miss anything so it'll it'll be on netflix or amazon prime or something very soon i think um let's see what else oh yes i saw talk to me that's the third film we're going to talk about this week um talk to me is a um horror thriller from A24, uh, from the director duo, Danny and Michael uh, Philippou, uh, if that's how that's pronounced. It is a lot of up-and-comer uh, Australian stars that are, are in this, this film, and it is, um, it's a horror movie. It's a pretty straightforward horror movie. This is, it's about a group of friends discovering how to, like, conjure spirits using this, like, embalmed hand thing, which was a really kind of fun, spooky, effective prop. Uh, And they all become, like, hooked on the new thrill, kind of a.k.a. like Flatliners a little bit, where, you know, in that movie Flatliners, they they would, there were a bunch of doctors that would kind of induce death and then experience the afterlife for a minute and then, like, wake them back up and they got hooked on that kind of going in between until some shit really got weird. Um, so very similar to that, until one of them goes too far and unleashes a super terrifying supernatural force. It's where the movie kind of falls apart. And, uh, you know, is this movie spooky? Is it kind of scary? Um, you know, oh, Dina. So, yes, Flatliners. That's that's the one that this made me think of as, as well. I think, I hope that that was the same for you. But, you know, people talk about, oh, my God, this movie's so scary. It's so crazy, so scary. No, to me, it was it was trying to be a blend between It Follows and Flatliners, make it hip and kind of a new take on some ideas that we're familiar with, but kind of missing the point on either because, you know, number one, it's about these these kids like one of them's like, have you seen the, the TikTok of our friends parties? And they're like showing this video and it's like people with their eyes all blacked out, like going, we're gonna swallow your soul, you know, but not like in a cool deadite way. And they're like, oh man, that's so rad. I wonder if it's real. And then they go to the party and this girl who's trying to like fit in is like, I'll volunteer. And then she straight up sees a dead person. And it's like, oh my God, I'm so scared. And then continues, like somehow these kids know this demonic ritual to like go, okay, you can only do it for six or ninety seconds, but now you have to say "talk to me." Now you can see the ghost, and then you got to say "I let you in," and then you get to be possessed. And they're like, and the, the demons are there, like going, "I'm gonna kill all you kids," and you know they'll freak out. Or like one kid at the very beginning, like stabbed his brother and then killed himself, but somehow they keep doing this party trick for whatever reason. I don't know. It's just a different world in Australia, mate. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess. it. Uh, blimey, it is pretty pretty wild. Where do they find the hand is my question. Well, and that is kind of unexplained. They're like, oh, well, so-and-so got it, and they said it used to belong to this medium. He used to talk to spirits. And, uh, you know, Dina says she gives on Twitch, she says, I give wide berth for horror, but I also felt like this felt like smile. Yeah, it did a little bit where this – it, the thing that I didn't like this movie is it did not kind of lean into the urban legend of this. I think it would have been a little more scary if we had heard about these kids like talking about, I heard about this and maybe it works, but it immediately worked like in the first 60 seconds. And it wasn't like an urban legend story either. Like the first scene where the, the, the kid who's way too possessed, like kills his brother and then kills himself. And, and everybody's like, oh, holy shit, what the hell happened? That was like their homie and not like a kid in another town where it was like, well, and the hands got lost, you know, and nobody knew. And it's like, I heard this one kid like stabbed his brother. Like, no way, dude, you do it. Not you do it. Like that would have made more sense. But instead they were like, oh, yeah, that was like Tommy that did it. Yeah, you know, but he's crazy. Let's keep doing it. And Steve held on for 93 seconds. Yeah. That's a no, dude. 90 (laughs) 90 seconds. seconds, bro. And so I, I don't know. It it 
just that aspect of it really lost me. Maybe it's because they live in Straya and this is one of the safer activities they can do. It's like, what are they going to do? Just go get bit by funnel web spiders yeah. or like <laughs> or, or King Browns or like Great Whites. Oh, I might. Fuck going outside, mate. I got this hand. We talk to demons inside. And I don't like, know that that was Australia. <laughs> <laughs> might be. That's my best Australian you're going to get right now. Um, but so Dina says on Twitch, she says a twenty four tends to have a more folky thing, and they dropped the ball on buying this one. Um, I agree. I've, 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 I just the teenage prank element of this just did not. I liked the element where the the main character was getting sort of hooked in, where she discovers the ghost of her dead mother, and she's like, now I want to keep doing this. I thought that was kind of cool, and the way that they leaned into someone who would actually want to do this more, that's where I bought in, but like all the, like a hundred kids did this a whole bunch of times, and they're like, hey, we're talking to demons, I'm getting possessed, I pulled my pecker out and swung it around, but I'm going to do this again, which is really one one scene, like, and they get super embarrassed, and they all film it, and they're like, oh, look what you did, dude, you totally like came, <laughs> and you know, and then you grab Grabbed a knife, you banged your head on a table. Let's keep doing it. And I don't know, maybe yeah, like you said, maybe Australian kids are just a different breed. Um, it's and as Dina said on Twitch, maybe they're just trying to hit a Gen Z uh, generation. I, I don't know. To me, it there was some good creature effects, there's some good makeup. They had a good idea. That hand prop is uh, like I want one. Like it, it was a really really cool, iconic looking prop. But overall, I feel like the movie just lost, for especially for a movie that's only an hour and a half. It, like, lost me in the middle. You know, in the hour and a half. Like, that's the runtime. It should have been really tight, but it wasn't. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like a, a wannabe Ouija board kind of weird thing. Uh, independent Australian film you know they're they're leaning into the indie like Dina said on Twitch the they bought it from a film festival but i don't know not their not their greatest one i mean a24 i i feel like a24 we're going to start seeing a lot more lightweight movies that aren't just stellar out of the park cuz they're getting a lot more pressure as a studio to put out and discover all these really amazing films but the problem with that is is it requires really amazing films to to do that and um you know they are not producing a lot of these movies they are just distributing and buying up and representing a lot of these movies so anyway talk to me it's in theaters right now um if you need a spooky movie it fits the bill ah you know it's not anything you've never seen before if you watch horror movies. So, um, yeah, there you go. Okay. Got that out of the way. Three movies. Three whole movies we talked about with time to spare. How about it? Look at that. We still have time for the box office. Um, yeah, let me take a sip of this Malort finally. I've been just waving around this bottle. Would you like some? No. You sure? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crisp, refreshing, my lord. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's bracing. It's room temp. Yeah, room temp. That's how I prefer my drinks, honestly. That oh. part doesn't bother me. The, the only part of it that bothers me is that he's swigged from the bottle. That it's my lord. I'll drink it room temperature. I'll drink the nastiness that is my lord. I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not drinking after somebody else. That's so if I head. bring in my minis to the studio? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Dude. How many people have I brought to your bar and be like, you got to try Malort, dude? Well, this and, is true. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I've never heard about it. I'm like, well, it's kind of gross, but it's fun. And then they do this. And then they never yeah, talk fun. to me again. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because to well, me. Do you know one of their advertising slogans? They have a poster, um, Jepson's, which is the company that makes Malort. They'll never talk to you again. They, is that what it says? Well, they have a poster that says, when you want to unfriend someone in person. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's fun. To be on a date or have hey, a go buddy. ahead, baby, drink my lord. <laughs> How many dates have I brought in? And be like, let's do this. And you're like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. And then they never talk to me again. Those girls just disappeared. They're like, I hate you forever. I'm like, well, <laughs> well, happens. 
All right. Well, we're going to give you the box office roundup. It's how we finish up every show. We're going to be the top <laughs> 10 movies in America. Um, we'll throw in some some foreign market uh, numbers as well, especially for movies like Meg 2, where it really makes a difference. Uh, but these are domestic numbers because studios really care about domestic um, takes. So uh, Jake's going to start with number 10. He's going to work his way up to number one. And, uh, yeah, take it away, Jake. Somehow, still hanging in the top ten in eight weeks out from Disney, Elemental brought in $1.32 million this past week. Uh, 148.4 is its uh, take at the box office in the U.S. They're already talking about its um, physical media release with a collector's metal tin uh Elemental and everything like that. Yeah, even though it's it's like it's oh, because not done very well. minivans across the country still don't have access to streaming media. I guess so. so. Yeah, physical media and still only exists. One hundred and forty-eight, but it yeah. stayed up. It stayed in there for eight weeks. Who would have guessed? Uh, and then coming in at number nine, also from Disney, one of their other flubs, uh, Indy mm. Five, uh, one. Point six million this past week, bringing its domestic take up to 170 after six weeks of being out in the world. Uh, worldwide, it's brought in 368.8. I still don't think that's enough to bring in their full budget with advertising. Um, number eight, talk to me, the one you just talked about in its second week out. Brought in 6.2. Wow. The jump from Indy to that. Yeah. 6.2 million. It's brought in 22 in the U.S. Um, Not much of a foreign Did you say Indy was number nine? Indiana yeah, Jones. Indiana yeah, I don't Jones. think that was it. Ah. I was like, Ooh. yeah, we did. Yeah, Indiana Jones, the new Indy. We just didn't call it Dial of Destiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Indy 5 is what I said. Yeah. Um, Got it. But yeah, talk to me. Brought in 22 million. It's probably made its money. Uh, and then some for oh war yeah movie. it's doing great I uh, mean, for an independent yeah which it's not in the top ten but did you see that Insidious is the highest grossing horror movie of the year and everything like that like it's well it's made eighty million dollars um, <laughs> not bad for a horror movie probably not as good as they want for that series uh, but yeah there you go uh, number seven. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, because we got to give full titles, apparently, for some reason. In um, <laughs> its fourth week out from Paramount, brought in $6.6 million. It's only brought in 151 I really hope more people go and watch this. It has brought in just shy of half a billion dollars worldwide. That's good news, uh, but it's so much fun. Uh, it's a theater movie. It's Honestly, like a, of all the movies that, that have come out in the past few weeks, it's the theater movie. Like, yeah. come on, guys. Yeah, that's the I'm one. I'm curious because I know one of our Twitch viewers, Knight Alishley, who I see here in the comments right now, uh, I know has been going through because I recently went through all the Mission Impossible movies and we were talking about it on Discord and I know that they as well went through and I'm curious to know how that journey is going. So uh, It's a hell of a time. It is. I watched every Mission Impossible before watching this one because I just like them. Because they're good. They're so good. Uh, and then just above Mission Impossible, coming in at number six, Sound of Freedom, the one with all the criminals that invested in it. Uh, and it's, it's finally fifth, dropping fifth week. now that uh, people are like, oh, wait a minute. But it still brought in $7.5 million uh, with all of its pre-purchase tickets and everything for empty theaters. $164 million is its take uh, here in the U.S., uh, and then coming in, number five, Disney's Haunted Mansion, which, which you talked about last, last week. week. Mm-hmm. Yep. $9.2 million. Uh, it's only brought in 42.2 so far. Uh, yeah, not a big not a big international like draw on this movie. Yeah. Well, which if you want a spooky movie, there's another one, right? Yeah. It's more family spooky. Yeah. You don't want to take probably, the kids to, to talk to Probably why me. it's not going to do well now that there's another kid option out mm-hmm. there. There's uh, a lot of kid options in theaters that are going to, like this weekend and next weekend, yeah. lots of kids' movies. Which the kid option opening at number four. Oh. Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem brought in $28 million, uh, but it opened a couple days early, pre-showings, all that, so it's brought in $43 million total. Uh, which is probably not the kind of numbers that they hope for for big, uh, well-known franchises like this. Um, I think that if this movie just sticks in theaters for a little while... It'll do the kids' movie thing, where it's like that's the only option. Pull some traction. It does the Minions thing, or it does the... uh, 
uh, secret life of pets or elemental or, yeah you know elemental did the same thing it yeah. just got a really slow start or people like, dude the kids gotta watch something uh but you know what's still doing pretty well number three oppenheimer 29 million dollars brought in this past week its domestic take is 228.98 uh nine and this surprisingly had a big draw overseas as well which i was not expecting well, according to what we're looking at right now, it's made $4 million more from when the article I read. Uh, so I guess those numbers, the calculations are finally rolling in. $556 million worldwide. Uh, so not doing too bad for itself. And it's one of Nolan's uh, better reviewed and more well-liked movies. So good for them. Uh, and then opening at the number two spot, because it's going to be tough to take that number one. Uh, Meg to the trench brought in thirty million dollars. Not so bad. No, I would think. but get this: in China alone, it brought in fifty-four million. Nice. Yeah, uh, in the international market, one hundred and fifteen million total. So it's already up to one hundred and forty-five million worldwide. I wonder what the story difference is between what we get to see and what they get. I to don't see. think it's that different because you know because they're both they share the hero position. Yeah, and at the end, you know, they kind of do the. We did it, you know, sort of thing, and uh, yeah, it was. I, I think, I think they didn't change much, hmm. but yeah, making a crap load of money. Yeah, I mean, they they did. They were both heroes. They went back and forth, being like badass superhero, mm-hmm. cool dude. It's fun. Uh, and then number one, sticking around at number one for its third week in a row, fifty-three million dollars brought in by Barbie. Uh, 460 million here in the U.S. and it's already made its billion dollars, which it did set a new record. This is the first movie I think with a female director to hit the billion dollar club, is what I read. Uh, this always week. a record with it. First movie made from all pink, starring Margot Robbie, directed by a woman that reached a billion dollars in only three weeks. New record, yeah, that we just came up with. But yeah, because all the other movies that are full of pink and starring Margot Robbie and directed by a woman, well, they just didn't do it. But didn't make a billion. Yeah. But yeah, sole female director uh, to reach the billion dollar club, which is, I mean, that's cool. That's cool. But uh, now we can't. Now it. Now no one cares. Next, if it happens again, we've 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 covered that. What so. happens when Greta Gerwig goes back to making movies like she was before, and everyone's like, "What's this art house bullshit trash?" <laughs> Basically, yeah. Which I'm here for. I, like, I, I love punk and Saoirse people. Ronan movie. Get, Get this out of, out of here. here. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's your that's your box office roundup for this week. A um, lot of lot of things to see. Um, Dina says she said she doesn't want to do that again. She Make doesn't want to go back movies? to her the movies that she was making before. The ones that had like meaning. Or she doesn't and want to do Barbie. Yeah, well, I'm sure billion dollars. Yeah. She's like, I don't. I really don't want to make a billion dollars again. No thanks. Yeah. Gross. Ew. <laughs> Ew. I'm not in it for the money. <laughs> Dude, speaking of billion dollars, friggin' Mega Millions is at 1.55. Uh, I got my tickets, man. I'm going to be a billionaire. Big boy. So we're going to get a studio upgrade, or are you just going to, like... Never yeah, talk to me again. No, dude. I'll get us the friggin' Meg uh, Mono One for our studio. <laughs> Apparently, you can buy that with just a billion bucks. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a air conditioned studio, <laughs> and like all the bells and whistles, and an advertising budget, so more people will watch this shit. Uh, so yeah, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. But anyway, well, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. That's our show. Um, we will uh, see you guys next week. Definitely gonna see Voyage of Demeter. I need to check out Barbie this week at some point. Uh, if I have time, I'm gonna go see it. So I'm going to search for a. You're gonna go see Ninja Turtles film. No, I don't want to do that. Go see Ninja Turtles. It's fun, to. dude. No, I don't want to. Why are you scared? Because I like turtles. I grew up with turtles. You will like turtles. turtles. Was my life. You will like these turtles. There's there's cool music. There's just the the, the the splinter part will make you cringe. But there's Mondo Gecko and Ray Filet and like all the dudes that are there. I just don't want it. I, I, I like what I have. I think you'd I think you'd like it. I think you'd have fun. Mm. It is fun. I don't know about that. Um, Why don't the, I just play Turtles in Time? 
Oh, they talk. actually referenced some of the games in a weird way, if you'd seen it. like. And when Baxter Stockman shows up on the bridge, I'll just beat his dumb ass. With a, with a street sign. Um, no, there was a there was a couple of scenes. Well, they made this joke in the Turtles movies where Splinter was like, "You can't go. You cannot go to the real world because uh, humans will will capture you and milk you." And he, they're like, "Ew, gross! What are you talking about? Milk you?" And he keeps saying like, "Yeah, they milk you." And anyway, and this is of course Jackie Chan talking in an incredibly bad Spanglish sort of, or not? What, no, not English. That's what it is. Spanglish is the English. And it's uh, it's very cringy, but he does it. And um, they he they, the turtles do get captured by this corporation, and they hook them up and start milking them f- of their like you know uh, the ooze toxin that makes Where them a mutant. Where did they get the milk? That's that that they do the same look that you did. And they go, "Where do they get the milk?" And they they hook them up to this machine, and like Michelangelo's, "Oh my God, they're milking us!" Splinter was right, and they're like, "Ah!" But they. They electrocute him, and it does the exact same electrocution animation as the game, where they go eh. spiky. Yeah. yeah, and it's the same one. I'm like, oh shit, I recognize that. Because of was... the stupid mousers. Yeah, fuck those mousers. Fuck the mousers. Um, and yeah, they kept making like, well, where are your nipples? And all this. It was, yeah, the milking gag was kind of. It kind of made me laugh. I thought it was kind of funny, but anyway, all right. But that's our show. Uh, it's hot How in here. How much malort did you have before you watched that movie? Just enough. Okay. Uh, anyway, you could see the sweat. Like I'm starting to sweat. So uh, we're gonna get out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, tune in next week. Like, subscribe, share this. Share the stuff. Don't Velvet Santa is like the only dude out here doing doing the Lord's work. He's out here like making VHS cassette copies. Dude, we're our, on the we're on the bargain rack. Dude, we're on. Yeah, you can buy a VHS cassette copy of this at. Pow Comics, like you can you can have a VHS collection of episode episode of the Drive-In Speaker Box, uh, Volume One. I mean, we're our well, we are almost at episode one thousand of this show of like recorded shows. That 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 it's insane that we've done. We yeah, don't even talk to me about it. But uh, but like and subscribe. Find us on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. You can tune into the show live if you're if you're listening on Spotify. Thank you. Um, you can download this wherever it is you download your podcast, or you can tell your smart speaker to play the Drive-In Speaker Box podcast. You have to kind of say it that way. It's the Drive-In Speaker Box podcast, and it will pull that crap up. So um, anyway, thanks as always. I'm Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And we will be back uh, next week, I guess. Yeah? All right. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car be sure to remove the speaker before you leave if you should accidentally pull a speaker loose please turn it in at our snack bar or box office thank you